Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Gamescast. This is episode 119, and on today's show, we will be talking about... Starting off, talking about the big news of Sony skipping E3 2019. How dare they. Crazy, crazy stuff going on. We'll also be talking a little bit about the Golden Joystick Awards. Um, the Xbox is rumored to have a new Xbox One S con- or Xbox One console next year. And then it is the week of American Thanksgiving, so we're going to be talking about some of the things we're most thankful for in video games this year. So America. look forward to that. <laughs> hey. Joining me, as always, the wonderful Rob Douglas in person today. This is so weird. I'm not used to seeing you guys. Normally you're just, you know, <laughs> pictures and faces on a screen. No, it's it's so great when we have the yeah, finally get the chance to do these live roundtable episodes. Oh, this is this is this is why I do this, this is the dream. This right? is the dream. This is the dream. <laughs> and of course we also have Mr. Jeffrey Morris feeling a little under the weather today, so Yep, no, thank you for taking over the main hosting duties, Nathan. Uh I apologize if my voice makes any children cry. I, uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to talk too much, but uh, we'll try to get through this. All right, <laughs> sounds good. When I get sick in three days, I'm going to call you and, and complain about it. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, to, so to start us off with our news today, um, the first item on the list is the developer Skybound is officially resuming Telltale's The Walking Dead season... Four? The final season. The final, the final season. season. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I like guess literally just called. I mean, the final we season. knew they were doing this, and, you know, because Robert Kirkman came out and announced that they were going to do this. They're going to mm-hmm. come out and they're going to take over the development. And they're going and really what the process we were waiting for there was them to deal with the Telltale employees that had mm-hmm. been let go and get some of them back the and kind of yeah, some yeah. of the logistics. So it sounds like the logistics have worked out. They are now officially in development, yeah. buckling down and gain after mm-hmm. this. So and they have. Episodes three and four to yeah, finish. And two release, more episodes right? they're, they're released yeah. the first two, and now they'll, they'll finish the. So last it's not one. too tall of an order to to ship. Although the one thing that I think is really interesting about this is, so you know, Telltale spends so much time developing all their episodes and plotting everything out and doing all those things, and to come in halfway through that and try and t- pick up where they left off. I mean, it's great that they brought in. There's a lot of former Telltale employees mm-hmm. who are being brought back on and kind of on contract to do this, but. Still, I, I think this development will be maybe not the same direction as originally yeah, envisioned. I, but at the same time, I do think they probably are working off of a lot of, whether it's scripts or, you know. They probably yeah. had different like the things. main story pound points plotted yeah. out, right? Like, they, they probably had some of that work already done, right, at Telltale before mm-hmm. they shut down. And so, hopefully, you know, they're kind of continuing off and, you know, just like they said, they're not really wanting to come in and take over. They're just wanting to really give fans a chance to see the conclusion to the story. And we know it's going to be good because it's Robert Kirkman's I mean, the creator. Baby. Yeah. The, yeah. This is the, the creator of The Walking this Dead comics. This is the comics, creator of The, the Walking creator Dead. Of yeah. The IP. Yeah. yeah, so Robert Kirkman created the comic book 2006 or 4. You know, it's been like 10 years since the comics were first released and so he's been the biggest producer on all this stuff. So the fact that he is the one who's coming in here and doing this you know it's yeah. going to be good. He I, has a the interest of the property at Yeah, they in said uh, episode three and four release dates are going to be announced soon, yeah. uh, which you know shows that you know hey, you know they aren't probably too far away from coming out if they know when they're going to be able to ship them, and they will come out for the people who've already bought in the last season. You don't have to rebuy it again or anything. Like you know, they could totally just hey, you know, we're going to republish this and make it our own thing, but it's literally just finishing yeah. off the product that people have already bought so we're, we're gonna adjust the hammer here that's good to hear <laughs> do you guys know did they say anything else about like telltale's other games or any because i know some of them started disappearing yeah. you know some store. of them some of them got 
shipped over, you know, like the Minecraft story that was going to be done through Netflix is still going to be done through Netflix. They're looking at other avenues for that one. Um, obviously, some of the ones like The Wolf Among Us season two and like the, those, those are, are gone. Yeah, those are gone. gone. Um, and yeah, as we were talking earlier this week, you know, uh, or last week, some of the Walking Dead games and some of uh, Telltale's other games have started disappearing off the shelves yeah. as they kind of are working out the liquidation process. As we go along, yeah, there's still they're still figuring that out. But they they did say that it sounds like they're trying to get some of those games that might have disappeared off the store back, back up. up. Yeah, yeah, I think they're just kind of you know transferring rights and copyrights, and when a studio folds, you know, I think some of that kind of happens. But they still want to keep those games up and available for people who still want to buy them. Which yeah, is and good. so I, obviously those will those will come back. We're not too concerned about losing those forever, especially since Skybound's picking up the. Uh, the second half of season, the final yeah. season. So, mm-hmm. those will be back. So, so guys, this is a, this is one reason why you might want to have physical games, right? Is the fact that <laughs> if these games are only on the storefront, they can get taken down at any time. And so, to transition to our next topic here, uh, <laughs> rumor has it that Xbox, Microsoft, is developing a new Xbox One console um, to come out next year. This is just rumored at this point. Yeah. Um, but basically, the thought is they'll announce it at E3 2019, and rumored to just be an Xbox One, but streaming only. There will be no disk drive or anything like that, and the purpose of this is to get the Xbox One development costs as cheap as possible, so they can sell the console for yeah. maybe even at $200 cheaper, yeah. or, or less. One, I think this is actually a legitimate rumor, because I believe as we... Microsoft look, has said that, right? Microsoft has already said they're, they're working, they're working on a that. streaming type service for their games in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already seen some yeah. success with like uh, Google Project Stream's been doing things, NVIDIA's been doing some things. Um, I guarantee some of those other guys are starting to look towards this type of thing, and you want to know the, the one thing and the reason I think that companies like Microsoft are actually going to move to just streaming this next console generation. This is crazy rumors right mm-hmm. here. But this is crazy theories. I think here. <laughs> it, dropping the bombshell right here, I believe the next generation of consoles will be streaming only. That'll include <clears throat> PS5? No. PS5 no. will you, be that a streaming is a very only. Bold it's very bold, but here's why. And I believe that, and and I think that you know, someone like Sony will probably team up with another group because, like Microsoft, already has studios and places all around the globe where they can do streaming from. Sony will probably have to team up with someone, possibly Google or Amazon, one of these two really huge giant companies that have uh, places all around the world, servers all around the world. But here's why: you pay sixty bucks for a game. Yes. You're done. You never have to buy another game. You never have to buy any more off of that game. You never have to do anything off of that. Don't or, or you have a streaming system, so not only do they purchase the console, they purchase the game, and they purchase the streaming rights. So you essentially are locking them into, as long as they want to play their game, they have to pay a monthly Peace. subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get more money off of the customer's if you go to all streaming. I, I mean, I'm sure you get more money off of the customers. I think that's where we're heading eventually, and that's, yeah. I'm sure that's where Microsoft and Sony want to go eventually. But at this point, especially in places, um, even here in America, like in rural America, America, excuse me, and stuff like People that. like Montana. Like, like my parents live right? in Montana, <laughs> yeah. and their internet service is like 
three megabits per second is like the fastest they can get. Mm -hmm. So I just don't think we're there yet. I think that it will get there, but I would be shocked if it was the next generation. Yeah. But to to just talk a little bit about this rumor. So this rumor comes from the uh, tech website Therat, and basically the report suggests that this would, wouldn't be a streaming console necessarily, it'd just be a digital-only console, meaning there'd so be no getting rid of the drive. Yeah, so yeah, you'd still be able to download, you would download your games, you wouldn't have mm -hmm. to stream them or anything like that. Um, and they said that you could take all your physical copies and move them yeah, to... Yeah, they said they had a basically a physical trade-in program where you'd trade in your physical like games. Disc to digital. Um, yeah. yeah, your physical disc to get digital copies of them. They said they're still you know, outlining those plans. At this moment, it said... They thought that it would only be through the Microsoft, like a Microsoft Windows physical store. Yeah, like um, through a Microsoft store. Yeah, exactly. And so this is I'm like, sure we'll have to wait and see when this is This is like a nightmare announced. scenario for me. Like, I can't imagine, like... Why Why is this a nightmare scenario Because I am a huge physical game collector. Like, you know, you, you guys can go and look through my physical game collection. And I have, you know, all these games I've collected with the cases and kept nice. Mm -hmm. I have the discs, cartridges, all that kind of stuff. I love being able to have those, being able to pop them in anytime. Doesn't matter if I have internet connection or not. I can play those, share those, you know, sell them, trade them in if yeah. I wanted to. And just thinking of taking all my games I've collected over the years and all my physical copies that I've gotten, handing them over to someone just so they can give me a digital thing that I just really am getting a license to use for the time being. Mm -hmm. Like sounds like my, you know, my it's a nightmare scenario. So, for me. I would never want to so, do that. Is, is the question because you like having like the physical cases and how they look somewhere on a shelf or is it you like having the option to be able to maybe in 10 years go back and play that game is it just a collector's mentality like what's it, what's the draw there for well, you it's, it's kind of all those things I mean for me I really see the, the benefit of digital is literally the only benefit for me is convenience right you don't have yeah. to get up watch switch, switch out a disc you know get it up in there but like I take physical over digital any day because of like you said the collector's mentality i love collecting and be able to have and mm -hmm. i can display the games that i wanted to i can open a drawer and thumb through there um i can hand them off to a friend to borrow i can trade them in i can um you know i can always have them ready you to can play actually own the games instead of owning a license yeah exactly and you know Obviously, back with the older games, like that's kind of where it started, right? I have yeah. A huge drawer full of GameCube games and N64 cartridges and stuff like that. Like I, I know a lot of us do, but um, I think I'm going to hold on to physical media as long as I can and, until until I can't um, anymore. Which the nice thing is, at least on Nintendo Switch, like it does save you some install yeah. space. But it, it is ridiculous that like Destiny 2 takes up you know a hundred gigs on like mm -hmm. my PlayStation. Yeah. When I have the disc, like same with like Halo Five, it takes over hundred gigs, and I own the disc, and well, and, it's, all right, it's so, having to install the whole version anyways to get me to do digital, which I'm not falling for. As someone who really has been a part of the Steam market for a long time, I mean, this has already been a market and a place where all your games are digital. Yeah, and so one of the things that I've found really convenient about that is you have the physical, just the the normal size of this is the download size of this game, and computers have huge hard drives you can buy a laptop nowadays for 250 bucks that has a one terabyte hard drive yeah um so you know and if you fill one terabyte in video games that's fantastic mm -hmm. yeah but you know and with this one of the things that i think is really great is when my computer dies i buy a new computer fire it up log into steam Download my games. game, 
most Steam games have Steam cloud saves, meaning all my save files are there, all my games are there, all I did was turn the game on and hey presto, I'm back at it. Mm-hmm. When one of the things that you know, I'm sure you've discovered playing physical copies of games is discs get scratched, now you can't play it, or as Rest in peace, Super Smash Bros. Melee. <laughs> as some of us know with older consoles, particularly things that had more of a cartridge-based console, one little flimsy piece of plastic chip thing is kind of what keeps you from, you know, enjoying this super rare yeah. classic and you know but, but and so the digital you do, market, what, do what have happens, to maintain what the happens, copies, Rob, sure. to play devil's advocate. What happens yep. when Valve decides they're all in on basically not just VR, but like full person body simulation VR. They pour all their money into it and it didn't work out. And now Steam is gone. You can't play any of those games you paid money for because the product isn't there or isn't running or they decide to take those games down for whatever reason. And that is a problem. You know, and that is something that as digital art or digital media becomes more uh, as, as we consume more, more widespread all of our media digitally. Yeah. As it becomes more widespread, it be, it's becoming I mean, when was the last time you guys bought a DVD, right? You know. Yeah, no, I I've, I've transferred <laughs> As far as like movies over to digital over the last year, actually, I used to collect kind of movies and DVDs and Blu-rays, Blu-rays and stuff. Yeah. But now I'm all for digital. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to gather just to watch, you know, a movie. Especially if I just want to watch part of a movie or something like that. Or like that. you just want to watch a movie, like I'll rent it on Amazon Prime for, mm-hmm. you know, $2. Yeah. And but, then I don't have to worry about, I, well, I probably won't watch that movie for a few weeks. So, you know, as the digital market gets more widespread, I'm sure yeah. we'll have to see more safety measures in place for for places like Steam. Yeah. But the, but just to kind of wrap the conversation, I think I think the one thing about games that is different from something like movies, where it is something that you are probably going to spend more time with than you would with a movie. Like, That's true. If you have a game, you're probably going to be spending multiple, multiple, you know, dozens of Hundreds of hours, even you anywhere know, if it's between a, ten to thinking that you really love, like, hours, yeah. like I can yeah. think of my Smash Bros. you know discs and, and cartridges that I have. Mm-hmm. You know that I know that those things are going to get hundreds of hours of use, no matter no matter when or where. And I can you know have yeah. my other family members play it. I can lend it to my brother if I want to, and have other people play. So, it, so. I d- actually do have one more quick question for you guys before we move on. So the reasoning Microsoft said they're they're considering this is because it would allow them to release a cheaper console. Yeah. So let's mm-hmm. pretend we're ahead a couple of years, the PS5 and whatever the next Xbox are, are out or coming out, and they have two different SKUs, one with a disk drive, disk drive, one without. The ones with disk, without disk drives are $100 cheaper. Gosh. Would that <laughs> convince you to go get the, the disk drive list version, basically go all digital? Yeah, I'll be honest. I would go for the cheaper version. Yeah. Because, I mean, I already purchased a lot of things digital. Like, even on my PlayStation, I've started to purchase a couple of games digitally because often the disc will be, you know, $20, and then they put it up on the digital market, and it's like 10 bucks. It's I'm cheaper. Like, yeah, pricing. Like, oh, yeah, I can buy, you know, I can afford $10 yeah. versus $20 for this game. It's, it's the same other way, so, too, right? Like, I'll, I'll buy physical copies all the time because I, I'll find a sale on it, and the digital copy is more expensive. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 it could go both ways. ways. Sure. So, so, so having that... I mean, if the, if the, the if the console itself was cheaper, I would buy the console you'd, that was just digital only. And 
I mean, obviously it would limit you, especially in the sense that there are still a lot of physical media out there. We're not 100% all the way over to digital and we probably won't be for several years. Yeah. So I, it would definitely limit me on certain sales. Like I wouldn't be able to go into Amazon and be like, oh yeah, I want to buy this physical. Co- oh, I can't buy this physical copy and the digital is full price. Yeah. You know, but you know, and if, if Sony's the only one who's able to sell you games to their PSN, they have a hundred percent control of what the pricing for those things are too. Yeah. While, while you know, if you have retailers and you know different things, then I think more you, people invest. I think in you the do market. see more flexible uh, um, pricing and you know yeah. more yeah. sales. And I think that's the reason why digital has to do those sales is because they know people if they want that bigger cut, they have to you know get people to invest digitally. Yeah. But yeah. to answer your question, Nathan, I. I I would want. I would want to say I'd want to get. I'd get the physical one. I have no problem if they made a digital only one. But like, are we really saying that it costs a hundred dollars to put a disc drive in a PlayStation? Because I, I hope that's not I, the case. I, I when don't. It comes I don't out. think it does. But I could easily. I could easily see at least fifty being it being yeah. at least fifty dollars. I don't know. So, so I know yeah, that I is also interesting a, to see. I know that's also yeah. That's a it, big it, factor. I don't be interesting to see what happens. I don't think that they would do it. They would coincide with the launch. Like I don't think they'd put two skews. Two different skews. That would different. Like no. maybe a year later, you know, I could see that happening. Yeah. But but not initially. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think that makes sense. All right. Well, let's move on to the biggest story of the week, and that is Sony is officially skipping E3 2019. So this news came out this past week through I forget whoever puts together E3, but whatever the the name of the, Probably, the company yeah, like who puts it together. Yeah. Um, and they release the news that hey Sony's not going to be at E3 they're not going to do a press conference there's not they're not going to be on the show floor or rent any space to do any demos like, or zero press they're not planning on doing like a separate thing like EA does EA Play that's near where E3 takes place but not technically part of it they're not planning on doing something like that or during or around the time of E3 they're completely out on E3 2019 well so you know there there's a little bit of discussion so it's been 24 years since E3 started started so Sony has been at every single E3 in 24 years and this is the first one that they're end skipping of an era so this is kind of the end of the era and I think this is a bigger testimony to just E3 in general like how are people getting video game news into into the hands of consumers and there's been a lot of talk about is Sony being revolutionary in this? Or if they're so, just shooting so themselves in the those, foot? <laughs> you're one of those people who's like, oh, Nintendo's going back on their E3 presence. Man, Nintendo's probably going to die. Nintendo doomed. Exactly. Well, yeah. And then Sony, revolutionary and not being out E3? How can we praise... I'm sorry, but like, I'm not saying you're saying that specifically. No, no. But the general media, there has been some of that, and it's yeah. just like hilarious to me. It is really funny, and it's like... Especially since... Like, is this one video game conference really the defining in this... Well, I think I think with Sony too, like, you know, people saying, oh, you know, they don't need E3 for their announcements. I'm like, looking back to, you know, the E3s of 2015 and 2016 where we got... Those amazing God of War reveals and Spider Man and Last of Us Two and all those amazing <laughs> and Final demos. Fantasy VII Final Fantasy remake, VII, right? And like Shenmue people, three people love those. It blew up the internet. Yeah. Like that's the reason so many of us bought those games, like Horizon Zero Dawn, right? All these games with those amazing demos and reveals. And like, I think yes, Sony does need E three if they have the games. I think they won't have much to show, which is why they won't be there. But I, I want to challenge you on that God of War trailer. When did it first come out? It was at E three. They did the reveal. What year? 2016, I believe. I, believe I think it was 2016. Yeah. yeah, it was 2016. When did God of War release? 
this year. When did Horizon or when did you know Final Fantasy first drop their Sony trailer? <laughs> four years ago. Twenty four years. Four years ago. Three years ago. When is this game coming out? We have no, no idea. No one knows. Twenty twenty two. So I want to. I just want to play. You know, challenge you on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I think E three is this super hyped event that these game companies are putting out these trailers for and then setting almost unrealistic expectations for when these games need to come out. And so then, like, a couple years later, they're starting to get, like, I mean, Sony's still okay. trying to put out is, Kingdom Hearts. That and, is not an E3 or Square problem. Enix. That is a Sony no, that, that is no, problem. No, that, but, like, look at all the different video games that we see announced at E3 and how many of them come out within a year and a half, two years it, of that. It also just depends on, on what depends publishers on... Are, are doing. Um, you know, I think of Nintendo, right? They showed Zelda you know, for many, many years, but something like Mario Odyssey, they showed, and they put that game out uh, about five, four months later, and mm-hmm. it was one of the best games of the year, so, you know, one of the best-reviewed games of this generation. Yeah. And so it totally happens. You know, think of like, Fallout with... They introduced Fallout 4 at Bethesda's press conference that released that year. So I think we are seeing more kind of quicker announcements. That being said, I think Sony and obviously, you know, Microsoft, even Nintendo, have had those announcements like Crackdown, Breath of the Wild, which last for several years and there's those delays that happen and so you know and obviously that's developer problem not e3 yeah. e3 is not the catalyst here but i just wonder if because these game companies are pushing and promoting and fighting to get these trailers out and get people hyped for this game that may or may not come in the next 10 years <laughs> wow okay la- uh, last guardian i yeah right <laughs> but you know that they're putting these trailers out and then they're essentially shooting themselves in the foot with expectations, so, and then they're they're struggling to get, to meet a, a reasonable goal. And so, does Sony stepping away from E three? You know, they have PSX, they have, which they didn't. They're not doing this year. Which they're not doing this year. That's like a year of like over a year of like complete silence but, from Sony almost. Yeah, but are they do are they setting themselves this way, doing these type of things so that they have more control on when they announce things? Versus when they release things. Yeah. Well, no, so to go counter your point, Rob, yeah. the weirdest thing to me is the fact that Sony, we have the three big uh, console developers, right? Yeah. Nintendo does their Nintendo Directs. They do one like every three to four months or something like that. Mm-hmm. They have a reliable way to get news out, get people hyped yeah. about, about what they're four, doing. About four Xbox, of those a year. I believe it was about six months ago. Sometime this year started their Inside Xbox show where every month they do kind of an update and talk about their games and stuff like that. Sony doesn't have anything like that currently. The way they get almost all of their information out currently is just the PlayStation blog, yeah. which you know is great, and it's a press release that goes out to other gaming websites and it, like IGN and, it, and it's weekly, Kotaku, etc. You're not really getting big, but it's it's not yeah. as exciting as even yeah. something like a Nintendo Direct. So the fact that Sony is doing this says to me either they're in 2019 they're going to be doing something like a Nintendo Direct. They're changing the way they're marketing. Or they're really just like, crap, we only have like these three games that we've already talked about a lot being, you know, Last of Us 2. And none of them are actually going to come out this Last of Us 2, what's Kojima's game? Oh, Death Stranding. Death Stranding and uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I I do think, you know, obviously Microsoft and Nintendo have been doing these other things that make it so that they're getting news to the fans in in new and exciting ways. Yeah. Nintendo better than Microsoft because Nintendo's been doing it for a lot longer than Microsoft. Yeah. So I just wonder, you know, is Sony 
Sony's been a little slow on the ball. I mean, we know that from the whole Fortnite issue and cross-play. So maybe maybe Sony's finally going, well, the others are doing this. Maybe we should try something like that. But I don't know why. You know, this is this is a strange move to me. But at the same time, I wonder yeah. if it just it speaks something to... I think it just speaks going to what against... they have. What they have, I think, to me it says that PlayStation 5, like, there's been speculation that it could possibly be 2019. To me, it says that's not going to be until 2020. I'm sure they'll do their own separate reveal event when they want to yeah. do that, like yeah. they did with the PlayStation yeah. 4 and PS4 Pro and PSVR yeah. and I all think, that stuff. I think it could be a culmination of things. Um, I think PS, you know, they said PS5 is in the works. Obviously, they're not announcing the PlayStation 5. It's not ready to be announced at E3 uh, 2019, maybe later that year. We don't yeah. know. Um, but, you know, this was a very obvious business decision where they sat down, they looked and said, okay, what are, what is the pros, what are the cons, and yeah, if we show up at E3 and we just maybe have these three games, or what what we are planning for that, possibly E3, it, it would give us more bad press than good yeah. press, and it's not worth it. Well, so. and they, like like you said, or they had a kind of a bad press press conference last Already, year, where yeah. they yeah. did that, like weird the, the three look thing, and the, yeah. the church thing and then the transition for 20 minutes where they talked about how call of duty black ops 3 was free on ps plus and it, it was it was not good yeah yeah so we'll see what this means for the future uh, and i, I think, think definitely means yeah. ps5 not 2019 yes yeah, yes I, I agree I think that's that's an easy conclusion to draw all right yeah. final final news piece of of uh the show um so the golden joystick awards which are the i believe the awards held in uh britain um don't you know, sue me if I'm if I'm wrong on that. Not for sure. But they announced um, we're getting into video game award season, so they announced some of their award winners. And uh, Rob, I'm going to kick it to you since you kind of brought this topic up. Yeah, I mean, so or some of the surprising ones. That, that's what I want. Okay, so for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Fortnite, best competitive game, uh, best overall or ultimate game of the year was also Fortnite. So I mean, so we're still in the. That's interesting to me because. Fortnite didn't come out this year. Like, it's continued to grow and get bigger this year, but it, it yeah. came out last year, or was it the year before? It was early last year. Early last year. Last year okay. was Battle Royale, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely is a little interesting, but, I mean, it's the like, same... what's the criteria, I guess? Yeah, what's the criteria I, for being mean, a game of the year? Is it just, it just the most talked about? Could Minecraft win game of the game? year, even though it didn't come out this year? Like, yeah. Because people are playing it all the Probably. time? Probably. I don't know exactly what the ultimate game of the year is. Is it just the game that everybody's playing? Because that obviously makes sense that Fortnite would be in that category. But I don't know exactly how their category is set up for yeah. that. But yeah, Fortnite. Go figure. Which is... So wait, you're saying that was the most surprising announcement? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that one's just kind of... That's out there. Well, yeah. when thinking of all the great triple, other like big AAA like, single-player games, we got like Red Dead, you know, God of War, you know, Spider-Man, all these other great games that came out we have Fortnite taking the overall best game ever which when you when i think of a, a room full of gaming journalists and critics i don't necessarily think Fortnite coming out on top but then again i don't know was this voted on by like a panel of critics or if it was popular voting yeah totally i think Fortnite would make sense if it was just like an online poll of random gamers yes. what's the best game ever yeah if it i don't know exactly how no. they do this one yeah. um God of War won like four awards. That's good. That's good. That so, that's, that's... so best storytelling, okay. best visual design, best audio, and PlayStation Game of the Year. None of those are really all that particularly yeah. surprising. Can't, can't really argue any of those with, too with much. Of those. Yeah. 
Uh, Critics' Choice Award, Red Dead Redemption 2. Makes sense. Wait, so that was the... Basically the voted on by oh, okay. video game journalists, I assume, yeah, since yeah. I said Critics' Choice. Okay, yeah, exactly. Uh, most Wanted game, Cyberpunk 2077. 2077. Which, which yeah. is uh, expected out in 20... 20- 77. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that joke every year until we get an actual release date for that game, by the way. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Nintendo <laughs> Game of the Year was Octopath Traveler. That was a little surprising to me. I mean, I uh, heard a lot about how good that game was, but I'm, I'm surprised yeah. it's not like... It, a, just, it has a it? cool art style. Like I appreciate what they did with the pixel art mm-hmm. stuff, but it's honestly just another random Japanese RPG with turn-based strategy just like the old final fantasy games like it's i'm sorry brad it no it's it's, <laughs> it's nothing like really that new like it's it's playing on the nostalgia it's a, it's it's a, doing anything it's a love letter to classic jrpg yeah it does exactly. have a lot of new elements that are elements that they yeah. really played up and it was really yeah. it's really a good game but yeah nintendo no, I game mean, of the year i, I, I mean there were some other nintendo properties yeah. what came out on the switch this yeah. year particularly in the earlier and yeah, probably exactly. the two best Switch games aren't really weren't really out yet with Pokemon and Smash. No, Smash no, like. not yet. Uh, Xbox Game of the Year Forza Horizon Four because literally nothing else came out on Xbox. PC Game of the Year was Subnautica, which is coming to PS4 here soonish. Hey, maybe Forza Horizon sometime. Four is a great game. I will I will say that. Though. We'll give you that one. Uh, the ones that kind of surprised me. So this is the best VR game. The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim VR, literally no. Skyrim, like, is still <laughs> winning <VR>. awards. <laughs> Which, you know, be, as owner of VR, I have done some research and I have seen good things from those part for Skyrim VR, but I've also seen a lot of, like, negative things. It's like, oh my goodness, like, somehow this version plays much worse than any version of Skyrim I have, because draw distances are terrible, because, you know, VR is processing so mm-hmm. much and controls are bad, but at the same time you feel like you're actually flying a dragon and it's really cool so you know it's cool I, but it it's not it's not beat saber or astrobot or some of these other like really really high quality unique experience. unique I feel made like, for vr experience yeah, i feel like they missed a really great opportunity to have elder scrolls 5 skyrim alexa version <laughs> um, there is an alexa version there is an alexa version yeah. if, if you want um, to it is not award winning it's not award winning the no. only version of skyrim to not win an award i guess <laughs> So this is probably the 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 one that surprised, or there's two that really kind of surprised me. So first off, still playing award. They have an award called the still playing award. So basically, a game that they've been playing for so long and they still really enjoy, World of Tanks. It's super popular on uh, Twitch streamers and all that stuff. So I mean, well, it's like a free to play game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's still being I've heard played. Of it. Um, and this is the one that gets me. Best performer was Brian Deckard as Connor from Detroit Become Human. But get this. Best new streamer slash broadcaster was Brian Deckard and Amelia Rose Blair. So literally the I guy who won best performer also is, won the best streamer. This has got to be some like, British thing like or some England thing. I don't know what... What I'm learning is just use whatever thing you made that got you some name recognition well, it's and literally, use that to launch yourself no, it's literally well. his face like in detroit like he did yeah, full motion no, it, capture yeah. and everything it is really pretty so awesome people like see him streaming like oh look it's the guy that was in that detroit game yeah so i mean and it is best news streamer slash broadcaster yeah, so like, we're not like ninja has yeah. been around for a lot longer than that obviously yeah. the best streamer in 2018 because literally everybody talks about ninja because he was on the cover of espn the magazine exactly so um those are kind of the that's kind of the the rundown um 
Alright, well, we will look, you can look forward to our, ga- our own real game gamey show, show yeah. in, a, in a couple of weeks here. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you the I, I real I think we're waiting for Smash words. so that Jeff can argue about how that's, that's Game of game the Year. Of the year. <laughs> so. No, I, but, I, I've said before on this show that Game of the Year as of now is Spider-Man. I love God of War, I love a bunch of other games... Spider-Man is, so that is the will game be, I'm going to remember. That will be our throw. All right, ladies and gentlemen, start start your fights now. We're, <laughs> we're excited to, to argue about that. All yes, right. so. you are right. Once I get smashed my hands, I'm going to forget every single game exactly, I played this year. Exactly. So. Okay, well, let's move on to our main segment for today, which is uh, video game things we're thankful for in 2018. So I just wanted to talk about, like, I, I want to bring a little positivity, positivity and joy into <laughs> the world. Positive hand motions. Is exactly. <laughs> if this was on video, you would appreciate it much more. Um, but what are some things that we're thankful for related to video games? It could be related to the industry or whatever it is um, right now in 2018. So I will start off, and my first one is I am thankful that gaming is like more accessible than ever right now. Um, mm-hmm. Xbox, for example, Xbox just launched their uh, new... Um, controller that's basically the designed the adaptive yeah. controller that's designed for disabled gamers to help. They had this really cool commercial they played where basically, yeah, yeah we 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 uh, retweeted on Twitter if you didn't yeah. get a chance to see yeah. it, but it's a commercial. With all these kids, you know, running over, saying, "Oh, you know, so and so is about to beat the level," and they're all like running, like see their friend beat this level in this game. They run over, and there's this kid who's disabled in a wheelchair, and he has the special controller that allows him to play, and all the yeah. kids are cheering him on and. You know, it's just kind of, hey, you know, no matter who you are, we want to make sure that you can be able to have a way to play games. Which And is, then actually won a Joystick Award as well, was the contributing the, to the, the yeah. world, essentially, was the Microsoft yeah. Adaptive Controller. Which, I, want, I want to see that controller or just more controls like that come out for everything. Well, and, yeah. and, and just on the, the sense of accessibility, I mean, like, you can literally go on to 12 different websites, video game stores, you know, online and that stuff, and you can buy any game pretty much at any moment. Yeah, and, and, like, the Mm -hmm. other thing that relates to this is, you know, (laughs) video games being more video games than ever, they're being in more places, like, on Steam. So many games to play. Yeah, yeah, so many games to play. And with the market of mobile games going out right now, like, PUBG is on mobile, Fortnite's on mobile, Minecraft, there's Elder Scrolls games, and, like, Pokemon, and a Harry Potter, like, I mean, there's so much accessibility out there so yeah that's a good one yeah even just like looking like at the switch right it's been out for a little over a year and a half and nintendo just announced hey you know we've hit a thousand games on we the already switch. have over like, a thousand games exactly. and that's, oh, that's impressive you know when's the last time a nintendo console hit a thousand games in like a year and a especially half? yeah in a year, <laughs> year and a half and like that's never happened library. before so just so many yeah. so many games coming out so many indie developers are able to make yeah games everyone can out, so. find something that they can enjoy playing yeah definitely. yeah cool so that that's my first one um Rob, what what's your first one? I'm actually going to go off of that last statement you said, variety in games. So here's the thing. In 2018, you can literally go down to a video game store. You can go on to a Steam library. You can go anywhere you want to your, your video game store of, of choice and look at this shelf and go, well, I'm really into JRPGs. There's Octopath Traveler on the Switch. I'm really into competitive shooters that have kind of a cartoony look. There's Fortnite. Overwatch, you know, yeah. You know, Overwatch. Like, literally, there's so much video game content out there that no matter who you are you can find something you'll like even Perfect. if you are like the most staunch anti-video game person in the world you're gonna find solitaire yeah. i mean like <laughs> well yeah dude, i love like solitaire. super stressful light up power solitaire or whatever you know yeah, like it doesn't even matter what platform you really play on anymore yeah. like it 
it used to be, you know, I think back to, you know, the, the early 2000s where it's like, oh, you know, you want, you want kitty games, you know, get, get a GameCube, you know, you want, you want the cool hardcore games, you know, get an Xbox, you know, you want sophisticated games, you, you get that PlayStation, whatever. And everyone kind of had a different segment of the market. Yeah, segment. Yeah, exactly. But now you can buy really any console, get a PC, mobile phone, you can play any type of game, any type of genre on that console. Or, and with, or like you said, like there's a thousand games on Switch, you know, mm-hmm. the Steam library probably has every year it's like they have more games there are human beings on this planet more games came out on the steam library this year than there were previously games available in the year in the years past and i just think that's just a testimony to the fact that we have an impressive market and an impressive industry that's like we're going to make sure that everyone has something for them well i think it's just different too because you know so many games are being made now because these people who grew up with video games in their entire life like that's something they want to do and it's become more of like mm-hmm. i think a a normal thing and a, a cultural kind of standard and norm while you know back in the 80s you know video game designers and producers they got laughed at that like they got kicked out of their families for not wanting to you know have a standard profession but yeah it's something that's you know a lot more common and people are growing up with them now so yeah mm-hmm. exactly which is which is cool for yeah. sure Sweet, good one. All right, Jeff. What is uh one of what is something you're thankful for? Um, for me, I ever since picking up an Xbox uh, this year, I've really kind of appreciated how there are three main different console publishers um, in the market. You know, we've had Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo since you know we the, those since early two thousands we talked yeah. about. Yeah, um, and I can just really appreciate how each one of those has their different strengths and different weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to, you know, have a really great online experience where I play multiplayer games with friends you know I, I have my PlayStation it's also great for a lot of great single player you know exclusive games even if they take forever to come out right we yeah. we are getting Spider-Man God of War you know yeah, we are getting like these third games. person yeah. action games PS4 is the console yeah exactly it has those and then <laughs> on all three of these platforms you have an incredible amount of third party games with you know all the games EA publishes the Ubisoft games um, I think of even just all the indie titles you know games like Celeste and Steamroll Dig and all these great games that come out, um, like the Jackbox games, right? These come out yeah. on all the platforms. It doesn't really matter which one you're on. Um, but yeah, the, just the Switch having games portable, like having Rocket League portable, like changed my life. Like <laughs> I played that game for over a hundred hours on PlayStation, and then I put in an extra hundred hours now on the Switch just because I, I had stopped playing it. And now I can play it whenever. I can just quickly play a match. Um, and, and it's it's so great to have a, a portable system, and then um, even just having the Xbox scene, like what they've been doing with Game Pass, and how even um, a lot of their first party stuff is a lot different than what Sony and Nintendo are doing is, um, I think, just yeah. Really cool. And I, what they're doing with Game Pass is really really neat because, especially at this point where they're just trying to get as many people in as possible, you've had Game Pass for what like three or four months or something like that, and you were telling me the other day you've spent a total of maybe like. Ten dollars. Yeah, no, so I, I've spent a total of three dollars, and I have Game Pass for the next seven months. Like Microsoft has a really great rewards program where you can just like get rewarded and like just keep redeeming Game Pass like deals for like extra free months and stuff like that. Well, and, and the fact that you you've consistently every week brought a new game or older game essentially yeah. a game that you played through game Xbox Game playing. Pass. Yeah, like the fact that you're going back and you're playing these games, you're like, well, I didn't get a chance to play this the first time around, so here I am playing again. So it's just a testimony to what each console brings to the table and how each of them has really changed the market. You know, like, you know, whenever one of these companies does something big, like the other ones take notice and they Mm -hmm. start start to do things. You know, I 
I think of Game Pass, like you're gonna see more Game Pass subscription type services pop up with Sony, Nintendo. We, you know, Sony has the PS Now, obviously, but I think they're gonna be changing that structure. Nintendo yeah. with the N- Nintendo or NES online games, right? That's a mm-hmm. similar subscription type service. So, um, yeah, I just think it's great to have the competition and make sure that they're all, you know, kind of adding new things to make make each other better. And you know, crossplay with Sony would not have happened if Nintendo and Microsoft hadn't embraced it. Exactly. So. Exactly. And made fun and ho- of Sony. And hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. it continues to come outside of Fortnite. And yes, well, we will look forward Rocket to that. League. Hopefully Rocket in, League in and Destiny, please. <laughs> crossplay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so my second thing I'm thankful for is actually kind of related to that. It's the Nintendo Switch, and specifically Nintendo as a company, doing well in 2018. And that is because, you know, obviously the Switch was a success with its launch last year and with Mario and Zelda coming out. And this year has been a little bit more lackluster in terms of big first-party games coming out. But just the buzz and excitement around the company like you said earlier jeff the fact that there's a thousand games on this thing and we are 18 months a little over that into its life cycle yeah people want to get on people want to get on this platform there are so many different experiences you can have on it and i'm excited to be a nintendo fan again and because we lived through the wii u yeah we lived through the wii u era where it was like well this year there's twilight princess hd and star fox zero to look forward to and that's all we got and you know I just got Pokemon Let's Go this past week. I'll talk about that more a little bit later. But I've been really enjoying my time with that. Smash comes out in a couple weeks. And then next year, I'm so excited for, you know, we have stuff like Luigi's Mansion 3, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing, a new core Pokemon game that's announced, possibly Metroid Prime, and more beyond that. Out of the, out of the three, the big three, Nintendo easily has the, the biggest... You know, most anticipated exclusive titles out of out of all of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also well, the fact that Nintendo console, has so that cranked out these exclusive console games since the Switch Switch has launched. Yeah. Since it launched last year, we've seen a major player in every one of their major properties. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we've seen a Zelda, we've seen a Mario, we've seen a tennis, Pokemon, we've seen a party, Smash, we've seen yeah. a Smash, we've seen a Pokemon. We're going to see an Animal Crossing and Metroid, and like all you these ones we're saying. Every so, Wii U game ported, and so like <laughs> every Wii, that is like, true. And like versus you know PlayStation or Microsoft, who you know we've had Halo, God, we've had Gear of War, like, yeah, like you know, and stuff like that. Years, but yeah. we we definitely have you know the the release window's been a lot bigger, yeah. and so Nintendo's basically, I mean hit the gas right out the door and yeah and i'm I hope curious. it sustains but yeah i i i, I they're think, not developing I for will. 3ds anymore right so we're gonna keep getting more faster i hope yeah exactly um and i i'm curious to see what happens with the new xbox and and playstation 5 consoles like i, I don't think they'll be portable machines i've heard people some people say no. man i wish that those would be portable machines i don't think they will be but i'm curious to see what zany ideas or things they try and take from nintendo to to you know, hype copy over on the Switch. Sony's literally gonna do all Labo. <laughs> uh, one of the things that maybe hasn't been as successful, but you know, it's a cool <laughs> idea. Yeah, uh, Rob, what's uh, what's another one for you? So as you know, we were just talking about there has been. I'm always thankful for new games. You know, like new games coming out, new games that you just like rediscovered, new games that you just play and you're like, or you just find like a game that's been out for, you know, 15, 20 years and you sit down and you're like, I've yeah. never played this game. No, before. I love finding like retro like, games that are awesome. Yeah. We all, played. you know, and the fact that, you know, 
looking ahead as gamers, Black Friday is one of our favorite days because we literally, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, get all of our video game deals. And the fact that I'm looking here going, okay, so do I get God of War, Spider-Man, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Detroit Become Human, Red Dead Redemption 2, like I literally have all these new games that are kind of on the plate and I only have so much money, so I'm kind of going, I actually have to choose. Yep. And it like, I, you know, some people would find that really like, crippling like oh my goodness i want all of them and i can't decide so i'll just buy all of them or something or like <laughs> i won't buy any of them or something like that i'll just make my wallet cry <laughs> but in my opinion i think it's a good problem to have that we have new games out all the time and we have all this variety as well as that you know i just yeah. love playing a new game i i feel like the last two years especially um especially in the ps4 and xbox one console cycles we have hit the point the that sweet spot in the console cycle where yeah. developers have figured out how to get the most power power and how to make the consoles work to the best of their ability and they've had enough time to prototype and design mm. the best um most fun games, games to play just look the amazing console. they yeah. look amazing like you can get horizon zero dawn complete edition right now like all the dlc and everything for ten dollars ten dollars ten dollars like great if you have a ps4 like, and that game you don't have a it's game, not you like need it's that uh, old it's like it came out a year like a little over a year and a half ago now yeah a little bit more than that about yeah it'll be two years in i think february, in february yeah, yeah. I, but I, like, I was even like, and that's that was practically my game of the year Last yeah. year, last yeah, yeah. year. Yeah. So you know the fact that you can get these ga these great games for really cheap, that you can find great deals, that you can buy mm -hmm. these new games, you could find new games. Like it doesn't matter yeah. where you go, you can always find a new game. Yep, I love that. Yep, it is awesome. Awesome. Um, I think I think another thing I'm thankful for is PSVR just had a really really great year. Um, you if you're not following the VR scene, like you probably haven't heard of most of the games that have come out for it, or you know been aware of how well it's been doing, but like. It kind of silently had a really good year, despite like Sony not really marketing it and showing lots of commercials and stuff. Um, they've said that they're really happy with the sales, and it has sold a lot more than you know some of the <coughs> PC like VR systems mm -hmm. that you know mm -hmm. are a little more little more high tech. Um, but like right now, you can get a PlayStation VR um, with Moss and Astrobot, which were two amazing platform VR games that came out this year uh, for two hundred bucks, which is like. Incredible to me, like when it first launched, it was four hundred dollars, I believe. Yeah, significantly more twice expensive. Twice the price, and it's it's almost at the point where it's getting to this point where it's almost like a must own if you have a PS4 because if you have a PS4, you know you just add in another two hundred dollars. You don't have to you know buy a whole another computer or a device to have it for. Um, these games are really really amazing, cool games that can only be experienced in VR, and we've also kind of stepped away from the fact that VR games must only be in first person, like. I think that was the conception when VR was yeah, first Yeah, I mean, big. I feel like almost most of the PSVR games that were coming out and were play being played when it first launched were first-person, mostly, like, shooting gallery-style mm -hmm. games. And this year, like you said, there's been Astrobot. Um, Beat Saber just launched on PSVR today. Which is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Tetris Effect came out a couple weeks ago, which yeah. people are really enjoying. And so there's more variety and more like yeah. do you feel like there's actually enough unique experiences to kind of justify it i think price? i think there totally is yeah. um just playing beat saber today like i'm sure you know in a couple of weeks you know I, I might not be quite as you know excited and you know wanting to play it as much but with beat saber i'm like this is like a a must must play game like this is like a system seller vr game this is one of the reasons why i wanted to get vr was to play this game that looked amazing and then um, I have Astrobot on the way. That was my other like Black Friday pickup. 
Um, you know, we've talked about on the show, people are claiming, you know, it's one of the greatest VR games ever made. It's kind of like the Mario 64 of VR games. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think it's amazing that Sony, you know, is this huge company that's putting money into these really, really amazing VR experiences and pushing the market forward. I, the way I see it is like we're kind of like early adopters right now in PSVR and then you know when the PS5 comes out there's going to be a new PSVR 2.0 and kind of move on with like better controllers and technology but um, I think it's really really turning into a big thing this is kind of the turning point for VR yeah so. yeah that, I, th I think you summed it up well alright well my final thing I'm thankful for not my final but one last thing I'm thankful for um, is while we just talked about how we've had all these great games and stuff like that, looking ahead to 2019, for me especially on my PS4, there's there's still good games coming out, but they're games that don't particularly entice me. Like, I'm not super excited about, um, like, Days Gone, for example, mm. kind of over zombie games. And so we've started <laughs> to hear little things here and there about new consoles coming. They're still a couple years away, but just the fact that those are starting to get on the horizon. I, one of the things I love about video games and following the video game industry is just the kind of hype and news cycle that and goes speculation on. speculation for new Not consoles. Not even like playing yeah. the games, but just the speculation. Like, what do you think this is going to be? And, you know, how why is Microsoft going to do better than Sony? Why are they better positioned? And, and all of that stuff that kind of goes along with the new console hype and news cycle. Mm. I'm very excited to just kind of see that yeah, play out right, and yeah. li listen to you know different people talk about it and you know that that kind of is like a little inception point there because literally our entire podcast is based on the idea of us kind of going like whoa these rumors this crazy thing like <laughs> you know being, being students of the video game world but you know i mean it is fun when you start hearing the rumors like there's a new console coming like oh What's it going to be? Yeah, like? and, and, you, the and you see, and yeah. like, Rob, you mentioned earlier that Cyberpunk 2077 was the most anticipated game or look forward to game from the Joystick Gaming Awards. And I see, I watched part of that demo that they released earlier this year, and watching that, I'm like, this game is probably almost 100% going to be on the new consoles. It might also yeah. be on the PS4 generation, but it will also be on the new generation But, of you know, that creates such a hard dynamic for developers to try and put it on two systems that, you know, I, I agree. I think it's probably not going to come until the next console generation, at least. And even just seeing, you know, what developers can do with our favorite franchises when yeah. they do have those advanced consoles coming out where they, you know, don't have as many limitations. You know, I think of... You know, games like Destiny, right, where they yeah. are kind of contained with how big they can make the world because they have to make it work on an Xbox One that shipped back in, what, 2013 or whatever. Um, and, you know, when you're on a whole new new computing thing, you know, you can make it look 4K, you can make it look yeah. prettier and smoother. But when you get it into a whole new platform, you know, you kind of have no more kind of restrictions in a way. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting for us as we look forward to another console generation, it excites me and kind of interests me, intrigues me, like, how is this going to work out is, can they improve? Like, what what is going yeah. to be the next thing? Because, like, you know, I'm I'm a student in the, the mindset that there's a certain point where graphics can only go so high. Yeah, you get yeah. diminishing returns. You diminishing returns, exactly. And so, We're not like, jumping from 16-bit to, you know, 3D 64 models, right? No, yeah. <laughs> this isn't like, you know, so what is the next step in console development? Like, you know, we talked a little bit about streaming box, but, like, what is the next big thing? Yeah. Like, because, you know, this isn't like NES to, you know, 64. More 4K. I mean, I, I, 8K. I, I think it's like... In my opinion, it's probably going to be like smarter AI and, yeah, and things yeah. that make video games seem more like real life. 
But you know, um, those are just things that we which get, are we get excited about. Bad, yeah. Like, what is the new system generation going to look like? Like, what yeah. is it going to bring to the table that we haven't already seen before? What, one thing I'm really hoping for is crossplay, like fully integrated. Oh that, yeah, that would be a dream yeah. From the beginning, true. that'd be cool. Yeah. So, uh, hey, I saw a patent Sony put out for new uh, VR controllers for their new VR they're doing for PS5, and they have like haptic feedback, like gloves that you're wearing. So like no longer you're holding like a stupid like wand controller and just waving it around like you have full like finger control and can mm. activate different things like that like ugh. it sounds super cool if it if they're able to make that technology work well and have it be accessible enough getting totally getting closer and closer to uh, what is the twenty thirty what is the movie we once Ready Player One Ready Player One yeah. <laughs> yeah we're all gonna exactly. live in trailers and uh, <laughs> Cleveland Ohio uh, jumping into uh, to Utopia ho- hopefully hopefully the world doesn't turn back <laughs> yeah we don't want to not Cleveland exactly all right sorry well, for any of our did Cleveland you have a, listeners. a last thing you're thankful for yeah so I actually am really thankful for just character creations we were kind of joking around earlier you know it's no shade of November so I obviously <laughs> am like. Most of you listening to the sound of my voice probably can't tell, but I have, <laughs> you a, have pretty, a luxurious beard. I have a pretty fantastic beard, and the fact that I could recreate my beard in games like Red Dead Redemption <laughs> Two or stuff like that, like okay, well, that's pretty exciting. You're already a huge RPG guy, and you spend like 50 hours like just on the character creation, character customization already. I like got really excited that Assassin's Creed Odyssey announced that they're going to start doing some customization things that you can do like to change the color of your armor and stuff like that like coming out there's a rumor that it's coming so like I'm super excited about that but like just like thinking back to like the original Sims where you, the things you could change were whether you were a guy or a girl your clothes and your head maybe yeah (laughs) like you know literally there was like nothing you could do character customization to red dead redemption 2 you literally can be starving skinny no fat like all skin and bones to i forgot to shave this morning (laughs) you're 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 a chunky chubby dude dude with a full mutton chops that comes down to your belly button i mean like (laughs) and hasn't showered in three weeks like the character customization just that like little minuscuous detail yeah. is so i love how far we've come well, in just our and customization. Like so many games are doing you know different outfits and things to wear now partly because of loot boxes and stuff like yeah that. like fortnite um, is a huge example in that the fact that you can do anything and people like patrick mahomes is getting killed by <laughs> his someone wearing his uniform by a player avatar yeah. like uh, yeah character customization has come a long ways and even like being an rpg fan you know there's a lot of things you customize and that sort of stuff but just the fact that we've come so far I, it just excites me to see how that technology is developed and how those things you know have made it so that gamers can really personalize their experience and be really immersed in a game yeah awesome Jeff, what, what else are you thankful for? Um, last thing I wanted to give a quick shout out to our Destiny 2 clan. <laughs> we started this clan when Destiny 2 like first came out because like I had a couple other online friends who were like in different clans and they like had like a lot, a lot of politics stuff and they took it way too seriously. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna do my own clan with Nathan, you know, good friend Adam. And it was really just like four of us. Four people for like yeah. six months or something. Yeah, for like, like that. most of like year one of Destiny 2, then we slowly started to build it towards the end of that year one. And, like, we've gotten, like, all of our good friends who used to be in other clans to just finally kind of join us. And, like, now our clan is, like, 24 people strong. We've, we've added, like, 20 people over the last year. We complete, like, raids every week. We do tons of stuff. I've, I've met tons of new friends and new, new players online. We are, like, we're going to hit the max rank for the season next week, which was, like, 
previously unheard of for like a small clan like us and it's just really cool that we kind of stuck with it and we we've kind of fostered our own really cool community in destiny which is really what that game's all about you know it's about yeah, the relationships yeah, exactly. and the community and so. that, that's the best part about it is meeting new people so shout out to justice league of lower middle lower middle class america <laughs> yes shout out to uh, sir mr fields the creator of that clan and yeah no yeah so it's been, cool. it, it's been awesome we're, we're on ps4 if you play destiny on ps4 let us know we'd love to love to have you, you join the group but it's been really cool seeing that grow and we we finally beat riven the the new uh, the new raid boss. Yeah, you did. Last week. All right, so uh, that's a good <coughs> good segue into uh, what we've been playing. So you beat Destiny to the f- the the final Destiny Forsaken. Excuse raid. me, yeah, yes. the last wish raid. The new raid that came in, which is the most um most I want to I don't want to say that complex like in a bad way, but just like most like thoughtful, amazing design with just all these different encounters. It just like really, really, I, I don't know, actually, other than the fact that you're just constantly doing things that it makes you feel really involved and you feel really accomplished when you do do uh, do solve the problems. But yeah, I'm part of the 1.5% of PlayStation users who have completed that raid. That shows you how hard this raid is. Like Forsaken's been out for over a month, uh, about like two months now, two months, right? Yeah. It's been out for two months yeah. and only 1.5% of people have gotten the trophy completing it. So. Feel really proud of our team. We had like over 11 different people help with the raid at different points. Um, but yeah, we completed with a six main team and the end of it's amazing. Like Rob, you would love it because you literally slay this giant dragon, right? And you're like, oh, sweet. Always a good start. Yeah, you're like, oh, sweet, I beat it, right? And then no, you go into its mouth, into its like stomach and you find its heart. And you have to basically carry the heart out all the way back to the main chamber where they can basically like do a ritual that will like destroy it like for good, but as you in the fire. yeah no, as you're doing that though, uh, you know this enemy shooting you and you're going through this gauntlet and then your other teammates are getting sucked into the heart and are having to do objectives in there and then you're constantly hot potatoing the thing as you're getting over and it's just this amazing final encounter that I really really enjoyed hmm. to kind of finish everything awesome. off. So it was, did, it was did, super cool. Did you enjoy it more than the? Uh, D- Destiny 2 Year 1 Oh, yes. Raid. Yes. But phenomenally, like, way, 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 way better than the raid that launched with Destiny okay. Destiny 2. That one was all just about mechanics. This one had lots of bosses. and Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a lot longer, and I loved the theme a lot more and stuff, too. Yeah, it was it was much better than the, the one that launched in, in D2. Awesome. So, Any, really what cool. else have you been playing? Um, so, yeah, Beat Saber. Came out today, 8 a.m. this morning. I was there at 8 a.m. hitting the download button because I've been waiting for this game to come out in VR. And really, there's not much to say other than it's more fun than it looks. Like, if you if you watch the YouTube videos, you see people playing, you have a lightsaber in each hand, you're hitting, you know, different, uh, basically, blocks as they're coming, it goes to the beat. Um, everything goes really well. Like, they map, map the beats well. It's vibrating. Uh, you know, as you hit it, you just kind of get in this almost, like, trance mode where you're just, like, going and... Yeah, I probably look ridiculous when I'm playing because I'm just, you know, out there flailing in the but real is it, world. Isn't but isn't that the point of VR in general? Exactly, to exactly. just make you look absolutely ridiculous and your friends, friends you, all take videos of you looking really dumb. Exactly. You feel like a boss, though, when you're in there, especially once you start to get to some of the harder ones that I've kind of experiment, experimented with because um, you're just, you know, going over the place. So, love that game. I think it's going to be my favorite VR game um, of the year. And like I said, I think this is kind of almost a system seller for VR. I think this is a... Game that's gonna be super accessible and can totally be a mainstream. Game. Nice. So awesome, awesome. <coughs> Other than that, um, I've been playing lots of Castlevania. I finished Castlevania: Dawn of Sorrow for the first time. 
Um, what what did that originally come out on? It's DS. It's a DS. That game. was the D, a DS game. Okay. Basically, Symphony of the Night was the first really big Castlevania game that had kind of the backtracking thing that Castlevania yeah. games are known for now, right? Um, and basically, the game after that was Aria of Sorrow, which was Game Boy Advance, and the sequel to that was Dawn of Sorrow. So it's right mm-hmm. in line to what you know you probably imagine with those two D really good Castlevania games. And I found today that I got the bad or the the boring neutral ending. And there's also a good ending and a bad ending, and so I still have a lot of work to do. <laughs> so did but, you beat uh, this on DS then? Yeah, I okay. be on DS. I can play on my 3DS. Like it's backwards compatible. Which yeah, yeah, is great. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been playing through there, um, playing through that, which is just fun. I still have, still have some work to do because there's more endings apparently. Like I just beat the final boss. Like oh, I don't feel so. You good. gotta tie more. Oh, people let's go over here in the credits roll. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that can't be it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, then I did want to talk about one Game Pass game, you know, as, as Rob, uh, you know, even like in the updates here. I played uh, Devil May Cry, it was just called DMC, like Definitive Edition. I think it came out in 2013 originally. It's basically the This most, was the game like a, that like all the of, real Devil May Cry fans didn't like. It yeah, like, it was kind of like a reboot of, of Devil most, May Cry. It was like the most controversial Devil May Cry yeah. game. Exactly. And I've heard lots of things that I, I remember lots of the controversies just was the character design they made him look a lot different they didn't give him his trademark white hair and stuff but later as i'm starting the game in this definitive edition there's like six skins that all have white hair so like they kind of retcon that and you can totally ignore that he doesn't have you yeah. know his classic look um yeah this game is terrible and i like i feel like jaeger i played like 10 minutes and i deleted it and said what? never playing this what again what kind of game is it it's a 3d it's it's basically it's a like kind of a hack and slash 3d brawler type okay. game yeah. So you're just pretty much just mashing sword combos and shooting people. Just it's it's like ridiculously like raunchy. Like you're just in there and you just feel like gross for playing it. It's like over the top with like demons and blood and other mature content that I I mean, I assume there'd be a little bit of that, but it was way too much and it wasn't even that fun. I'm just like I don't understand, you know, how, how games like this sell to the to the masses. This seems like a very niche market to me, but then again, I know uh, there's a lot of people out there who there, probably... There, there's a big I following guess, of it, but, that, but yeah, just from everything I've observed of the game, I, I've kind of come to the same conclusion. Yeah, I, like, I, it's I, not I a game series. It's not really a game series that I'm super interested in. If you're interested mm-hmm. in it, great, whatever. It's a game series that but seems like it's very early 2000s. It's, it's very exactly. early 2000s. Very yes. edgy, very adult-themed, like, on purpose, and they, like, go so go hard into that. Into that yeah, that is point. It's like, oh my sure. goodness, I, I don't even want to play this uh, yeah. anymore. So, I've, I've tried, I could say I've tried a Devil May Cry game now, and I can say now that I will never try another one. So, <laughs> Solid. there we go. Solid. Even though I know a lot of fans are looking forward to the, the new the, uh, fifth one. That's, five, yeah. that's out there. Alright, uh, Rob, what have you been playing? So, I played a little bit more Battlefield 1. I played the last week on Veterans Day, and since it was downloaded onto me, PS4, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to play through the some of the story missions because that's what I do with games, even if it's <laughs> yes, a do. game that's completely 100% designed to play online multiplayer. I'm going to play the campaign. Um, so I've been, I played through the, there's a couple different stories yeah, throughout did, did it. Did you do that airplane one? I haven't done the airplane yet. I, I really just, like that one. I just finished the tank one, so that's my I heard next the one. tank one was good. The tank one was really good. I really enjoyed it. It started a little, it was a little rough at first. You could tell it was not necessarily like, you could tell that like the story wasn't necessarily their primary focus when they made this game. <laughs> like, we want a tank mission. <laughs> but the tank mission is actually really fascinating. The fact that it felt very... Fury-esque 
Like, like that, Fury, the movie? The movie that came out okay. just a couple Brad years Pitt, ago right. with Brad Pitt and uh, Shia LaBeouf and all that. And, uh, Shia LaBeouf! <laughs> <laughs> and that it just felt very similar mentality to that, and I actually really enjoyed it. Cool. I It was a lot of fun. So that was fun to play. And then I've also been playing a little Project Stream, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I have come to the wall. The wall. Like, the... You're over the Assassin's Creed franchise. You're out forever, right? He's selling, selling all of his physical copies. <laughs> renouncing no. Ezio and Altair. No, <laughs> that will uh, happen over my dead body. <laughs> the thing about Project Google Stream is this: it ends in January. Mine ends January twelfth. And so I have till January 12th to play this. You don't own the physical copy. I don't, but... Wouldn't that be nice? But it's not just that, because I could buy the game and digitalize it and have it digital and all that stuff. You can buy it on Steam and that sort of thing. I have it physical, you know, or digital copy and be able to play it. The problem is when Google Project Stream ends, this beta, that's it. Unless I unless they do a deal to honor all those people who have put all this time into the game and can come back and you pay the monthly subscription for Google Stream or whatever comes next or whenever Google Stream actually releases. Mm-hmm. Essentially, when January 12th rolls around, all my progress, all that I do on this game will be gone. Yeah. And so while it's been fun to just kind of mess around with the Google Stream and get to see that I can plug an Ethernet cable into my computer and run this off of internet and never have to download a game never have to buy it at this point and just go straight into it and jump right into the game and have a lot of fun with it is awesome but as it currently stands while i'm still totally 100 on board with this like streaming idea like i'm really excited that nvidia has their own streaming thing that i can just play my steam library through it because those are games that i already own mm-hmm. and some of those games i can't play on my computer and now i have a way to play them on my computer through streaming but the thing about google stream is less to do with google stream and more to do with i really love assassin's creed odyssey and i don't have enough time to put in all the time i want to on this game between this now is the and game january you 12. want to put 100 hours into i want to put 100 hours into this every side quest but you don't want to marathon it all in one month i don't, don't want, want to do try it and marathon i don't even... it in one month you don't yeah. know if you have the time for that and you don't want to get really close to the end and then be like crap i lost my save file and now i have to exactly so um i'm about six hours in Maybe four hours, or four to six hours, somewhere in there. Just hit the title screen. Because, <laughs> yo, yo, I'm like, this game I'm, is like huge. I'm like level eight. Yeah. I just got the ship. And I'm like, dude, I got to try pretty much all the little details. Got to try the conversation stuff. Got to do a couple of fun things. Got to try some missions and some loot and all this stuff and engraving and all this stuff and do all these things. But... I think sometime this week I'm going to pick it up on Black Friday for PS4 and run it off of the PS4 because, well, this is great. I want to actually have the game and I want to actually be able to finish the game on my own terms, not have to power through it in the next two months and say, sorry, family, never seeing you again. The one section, too, that you do have that collector's mentality, kind of like I do with some games. Like You're like, I want to be able to own all these Assassin's Creed games, have You want to be able to go back to that in like three years, you know, when you're like, I'm feeling some AC Odyssey. I just want to go back and pop in. Well, and the thing about the Assassin's Creed games that this is a fun fact for all of you guys, I actually own all of the Assassin's Creed games, or almost all the Assassin's Creed games physically on either Xbox 360 or PS4. And 
I also own almost all of them digitally. <laughs> wow, double dip, huh? Because Humble Bundle did want a deal that you know sold almost all the Assassin's Creed games. So you can play Assassin's Creed no matter when. So or I can play it anywhere, anyhow, anyway. So. All of the and, and you've played enough Switch. of Odyssey to know that you're going to want to. I want to play this game. This is an and yeah, okay. To speak to the game itself, this game is absolutely incredible. The storytelling is great. The dialogue choices is hilarious, and I I'm a firm believer in the idea that you know Cassandra over Alexis. So okay, <laughs> you, uh, quickly, quickly. Uh, what do you think of the combat? Do you think it's improved from? from origins because that's my biggest problem with origins is i just feel like the combat felt very clunky like i never got the hang of it and i think the thing about origins that really made it stand out versus some of the other assassin's creed games was that once you started getting to the higher levels it got way easier it got smoother you got better at it it was it came learning curve it was a learning curve and what and level curve essentially when you're younger when you're a younger when you're a smaller (laughs) level it's harder because you're having to hack and slash on these people for so long to even do a, a hint of damage. Yeah. And when you're in a higher level, literally everything just becomes just you like are free floating through combos and doing flips and dives and rolls and, you know, cutting people's heads off and mm-hmm. all the fun things. And I feel like Odyssey gives you a little bit of that power right away. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a little bit friendlier. And also... Spartan kicks are literally <laughs> the best thing ever. I have Spartan That's kicked. That's good as advertised, then. I have Spartan kicked way more things than I probably should. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Cool. Well, to wrap us up, um, I've wanted to shout out two games quickly. One, Red Dead Redemption 2. I've continued to play that. I just got to chapter three, so I'm still like not that much. How, how many chapters are there? I have no idea. I, I haven't looked because I don't. I want don't trying spoilers. to no spoilers, spoilers okay. and stuff like cool. that. So you can look it up after the show, but I'm not sure how many there are. But I'm only on chapter three, which I think is still relatively fairly on. I think it's like twenty five to thirty. percent chapters other than hacks, then yeah. Have you done anyone to a train track yet? I have not. I I it's it's so every week so we bad. ask this question and every week you disappoint this is gonna like, be like the yeah. fallout 3 update with <laughs> rob on this show like, over the next two years have you done this yet no i'm sorry i'll get to it next week i'll get to it next but week. i'm I, i'm still enjoying that game um it's it's i'm really enjoying being able to kind of play that game slowly and take my time with it um, good it seems like that's the right way to consume that but the other game that i get this week is pokemon let's go pikachu Nintendo Switch and guys, I love. I really love this game. <laughs> Disclaimer: I played Pokemon Red originally on the Game Boy Color. I have a lot of nostalgia for that series and that franchise, and specifically the. And this Kanto game hits you with nostalgia in every t- every specifically turn, right? The hundred exactly, literally, like everything is the same, but you know, it's all redone in really pretty um, HD graphics. I really like kind of the cute aesthetic that the game has it it fits the series really well and i can catch all the pokemon um and i so the biggest difference right is the fact that you don't battle pokemon anymore to catch them it's much more it's like pokemon Uh, how how do you feel about that you now that you've got some time with it i actually think it makes a really good distinction between battling and catching so there's a lot there's more trainers than i remember um, in this game, and they so probably added. I some feel like I'm doing that. A, they, they may have added some. I'm not sure. Um, but 
I feel like I'm doing enough battles where I feel satisfied with who I'm battling and the amount of time I spend in battle. And catching is a nice differential to be like, okay, now I'm going to go do this or I'm going to walk around to try and catch mm-hmm. a few Pokemon and then I run into a trainer and then I catch yeah. some more. Well, they, they like pop up so you get to kind of choose who you want to try to catch. Yeah, right? there's no more random encounters. They pop up in the overworld so you can choose who you want to catch. I can say that after talking about how excited I was to play this game on my TV, it looks really nice on there, but the like catching and throwing mechanic jeff you experienced oh my goodness this. the motion controls the motion the controls are so I, hard like i wasted probably 30 pokeballs just like well and crap like i i threw the wrong way i wasn't trying to it do is that forced on you like yeah they have a stand, more standard control option when you play in handheld and it is locked to the handheld mode you can't do that you can't play with the pro controller you can't turn the motion off on tv which is baffling to me. Yeah. Like, why would Nintendo force you to do that? Like, well, that probably oh. just tailors to the whole idea that Pokemon is portable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, maybe that's it. Maybe the Pokemon company has always said Pokemon is meant no to be played portably, not on the TV. They're like, yeah, we're gonna show them why it's better. Well, yeah, and it's ironic, right? Because the preferred way to play this game is not on a TV. We've been waiting to play this game on <laughs> yeah, TV. Exactly. But Pokemon playing handheld, it does make catching a lot easier and feels more natural because you can just hit the A button. So how do you and think move the switch around using the gyro? Controls. So one of the things that I guess is one of my biggest questions about this game is if you're just catching the Pokemon that you find in the wilds rather than you know one of the biggest franchise uh, or one of the things that we all did in Pokemon Red and Blue was we wandered around the world with our really powerful one Pokemon that we wanted to level up, and we fought literally every single Rattat that we found in... The in, grinding we, aspect. You know, we grinded for hours just, you know, beating up on these yeah. little so, low-level Pokemon. How do, you, how do you... Does the leveling up just happen while you're doing the battles? No, so th- this game is very easy, I will say that. Like, it's, okay. it's not a... Probably the easiest Pokemon game I've ever played. Um... But every time you catch a Pokemon, every Pokemon that you have in your party with you, the six that you keep it with you, they all gain experience. So you gain more experience actually through catching Pokemon than you do through battling. Battling gets you a little bit of experience, but especially if you're catching like just a Pokemon to, to that's, that's higher level or a little bit harder to catch, it gives you a lot of experience and you can relative or uh, level up your party relatively quickly. So it really is pushing for more of like the catching the exploring yeah and the other cool thing is you can um it gives you more customization over your pokemon because the pokemon you catch that you don't want you can send to professor oak and then in turn he gives you different types of candy that help level up your pokemon to make them stronger it could be a pokemon specific type candy like pokemon go but you also get like quick candy that helps your pokemon move faster in battle strength candy Mm. different different types of things that affect different stats so interesting overall really really enjoying it um but I think let's uh, wrap up the episode. I know we went a little long, but we're very excited. Hey, it's a live show. Right? <laughs> to, we're to be all live here together. in person, to yeah. be here. Um, and uh, happy Thanksgiving if you're in America. If you're not, I hope you're thankful for something anyways. <laughs> you can still be thankful. Yeah, for there's lots of great games coming out. And if you're getting something on Black Friday, um, I know there's lots of good deals out there. So yep. look yep, around. Yep. All right, well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. You can find us on Twitter, uh, at HeyListen underscore games. We're going to leave you with a little bit of uh, uh, Pokemon, or Let's Go uh, music here, uh, uh, picked up by Nathan. So enjoy, we'll see you guys next time. All right, see ya.